I think there's always a catalyst for a pivot. And, mm -hmm. and I think in medicine, you know, in 2022 medicine, you know, you're not going to find a lot of independent practices anymore. You know, most practices are going to be owned by a hospital system or by an insurance, you know, system. And I think physicians have very little say um, in, you know, the, the trajectory of where their career is going. And I mm -hmm. think that that's really unfair. You know, I think... Hey there, welcome to Jam with Jen, Empowering Your Pivot. I'm an ex-corporate girl turned chiropractor who is on a mission to help others make their dream a reality. I'll be sharing real stories from people who have made that leap into living a life of success on their terms. Making the leap isn't always sunshine and rainbows, but it's about showing you that you too can have the freedom of life you desire. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to another episode of Jamming with Jen. Today I have on Dr. Karen Kaufman. Dr. Karen is an allergist immunologist who started her career in the military, then joined a group practice and realized she wanted something more than the impersonal, unfulfilling group practice she was in. She made the bold, courageous step to stride out on her own and now has a thriving solo practice in Northern Virginia called Kaufman Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. Dr. Kaufman provides her highest quality of care to children and adults while practicing medicine on her own terms. So welcome, Dr. Karen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, I am excited to have you on as well. There we go. Um, Yes, I am excited to one, hear your story because you didn't really pivot out of a specific career into something else. Like you made the shift of how the mold of what we think everybody has to do within medicine or is doing um, into something that really works for you on your terms. And that's really like what the whole podcast is about is like allowing people to find their to live the life on their own terms, to follow their own dreams, to follow their own passions and to feel fulfilled in their own life. So I'm excited to hear your story. So do you want to share a little bit with the audience, your story? Sure. So my, um, my career started in the military. So after graduating from medical school, um, I had a scholarship through the Navy to help me pay for school. And so I had some ob obligated service time and um, went on to do my internship and residency while I was on active duty. And so I really didn't know what that looked like, you know, as far as, you know, how many years I would stay in the Navy or what my experience would be like. And, um, and after residency, um, I took a job doing internal medicine, which was my primary residency. And I was teaching to family medicine residents and, and I loved it. I mean, it was really, it was a very cool opportunity to be a faculty member and, you know, to really, you know, kind of set the groundwork in, in another physician's career. So that was fantastic. I did that for two years. And then at that point, I went on to do my subspecialty training. And so in the Navy, they, the Navy has a lot of, you know, fellowship training programs, but there isn't one for allergy and immunology. So, you know, for those of us who want to go into my subspecialty, we had to either go into fellowship in another, you know, military, um, fellowship program, either through the army or air force, or we could go in the direction of civilian fellowship programs. So that's what I did. Um, and I went to, um, LSU in new Orleans and did two years of subspecialty training. And that's really where for the first time 
I really had the thought of, you know, wouldn't it be cool to have my own practice? And, you know, before I got there, that wasn't on my radar at all. I really didn't know that that was something that doctors did. You know, like I thought maybe that's something that happened kind of in the olden days, or maybe if you live out in the country or something like that, but I didn't really have a great sense that that was something that was a, you know, a career option. But some of my colleagues were doing that. They were planning to leave fellowship and go on and open their own solo practice. And I thought, gosh, wouldn't that be so great to, you know, to open a practice in the town where you live and to serve your community. And so I kind of tabled that thought as I, you know, finished fellowship, I went back to the military. I had three more years of military service doing allergy and immunology. And by the time that was done, so I had 10 years, 10 years in at that point. And, and that's a really pivotal, you know, career point for a lot of military physicians. You're halfway to your military retirement and it's kind of a time of, you know, stay in or get out. And so in military medicine, kind of the farther you progress and, you know, in rank or in time and service, there's more obligation to do administrative aspects of medicine, which I really wasn't very interested in. You know, I went into medicine to be a clinician. I wanted to go to work and see patients all day and then go home. And, uh, and so I thought, well, you know, maybe the grass is greener in private practice. And I think, uh, I think now's the time to get out. So, so that was really the end of the military aspect of my career. And in coming out of that, I, I thought, well, maybe this is the time to start my own practice, right? So I started mm -hmm. looking into options and I even went as far as to drive to a town where I thought, you know, I'd looked on Google maps and I thought, well, there's enough population and no allergist around, like that would be a great place to, to start a practice. So I went there to check it out and, um, and it wasn't for me. It was, I, I just kind of felt like stifled and I thought, uh, you know, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. And yeah. Maybe it's not the right time and maybe I should just go get a job somewhere. So that's kind of how I landed into private practice. Um, I ended up getting hired by a multi-specialty group um, where, you know, after about a year and a half, when the, the senior allergist had retired, um, I ended up being the solo allergist in the group. And, uh, and I thought that that was going to be, that was going to be it. Like, you know, you get out of the military, you start your career of whatever it is. And then there you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Definitely. That was that was a misperception, but that was my original thought. So, you know, that's kind of how I, that's the backstory. That's how I ended up into private practice. Um, and then it all evolved from there. Wow. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> that, that's like a very interesting, like way. Um, thank you for your service. And I, like, I don't know how that whole background, I guess, of like being in the Navy, then going into, you know, like rotations and all of that work. But today in your private practice, what is your mission or goal? You know, I think in, in my practice, um, my mission is to provide the highest level of care to children and adults who suffer from allergies and recurrent infections and to allow those patients to feel well again like they deserve and to regain the quality of life that they had been missing. And so, you know, the way that I like to do that in my own practice is by creating this patient experience that, that you would want any patient to have, you know, or you would want your family members to have. And so, mm -hmm. you know, what I want with my practice is for patients to come in and to walk into the office and to feel like a guest in my home 
and and to have this you know the highest level of care and have them leaving feeling like like wow I want every doctor's experience to be like that yeah I love that um I so I'm a chiropractor during the day and that's I feel that too because you want you want to make sure everybody is treated like you would want your immediate family members to be treated. So I love that. Um, where did you find the support or did you have support when deciding that you were going to be in private practice? I think I drew a lot of that support from my family. My husband is an airline pilot and, you know, we really could have lived anywhere and, you know, we, he could have been based out of anywhere and I could start a practice anywhere um, but we decided to live in a place where we were, you know, reasonably close to family of within a few hours, mm-hmm. which had been the closest we had ever, you know, lived in quite a long time. Um, so, you know, he was, he was really my backbone of support and, and kind of allowed me to dream out loud as far as, you know, this is what I want to do. And I think um, I was experiencing a lot of burnout in my original private practice experience. And so I think, you know, he really wanted me to find something that was going to bring me happiness and fulfillment and whatever that was, you know, he was on board, but, but in addition to him, you know, I got a lot of support from my, my parents. Um, They really have been instrumental in helping me to start this practice in that, you know, I lean on their expertise outside of things that I'm, you know, I'm a very skilled clinician. I'm not a very skilled business person. And my dad has been a small business owner for decades and had given me a lot of, you know, great advice and, you know, tips and help. And he helps me with the financial aspect of my business. And my mom is retired certified payroll professional. So I gave her the, the, (laughs) the, the task of helping me run payroll and, and all that stuff. So it's definitely, you know, it's a family business for sure. They're all in. Yeah. Um, I want to jump back to the part where you said that the, the burnout that you were having in practice before you opened up your solo practice. Um, and I feel like that's a lot of people's experience is that they have to reach this point of exhaustion before they like actually make the pivot. Yeah, I think there's always a catalyst for a pivot. And, mm-hmm. and I think in medicine, you know, in 2022 medicine, you know, you're not gonna find a lot of independent practices anymore you know, most practices are going to be owned by a hospital system or by an insurance, you know, system. And I think physicians have very little say um, in, you know, the, the trajectory of where their career is going. And I mm-hmm. think that that's really unfair. You know, I think, you know, in medicine, we're, we're all trained in the mindset to serve others. Yes. Um, but we shouldn't be, you know, serving to the point that we're being taken advantage of. And I think that that's happening to a lot of physicians and burnout is at an all time high. So I think for me, you know, it took me a while to even realize I was experiencing burnout. Like I didn't, I just thought there was, I had like some kind of health problem. I didn't, I didn't know what it was, but mm-hmm. once I kind of realized, you know, these are, you know, physical symptoms I'm experiencing because of, you know, dis- displeasure with the situation that I'm in, you know, then I, I, I kind of started to realize I need to dig myself out of this, you know? Yeah. And I love that you have that support system of your dad who had the small business because you don't learn business, like how to run a business, how to start a business in medical school. Um, so 
for and it, it can be a very scary and daunting thing to start up your own business and practice and try to get everything like the legal parts together and understand finances and marketing and that whole part so that's awesome that you had a really cool like support system behind you to help with all of that for sure and i think also you know i mean my my dad's a business person he's not a physician so i also yeah. needed that like that physician mentorship so i aligned myself with the coach who was a pediatrician who had been in private practice for 10 years you know doing what i wanted to do and so, you know, I'm of the mindset of, you know, the wheel is clearly rolling somewhere else. Like we don't mm -hmm. need to start learning how to push a wheel, you know, around like, <laughs> like we don't all have to attend the, the, the school of hard knocks. And, and so if someone else's experiences will help you to kind of get to that next step faster, then you should lean into that. And, and so I did. And I think that was, you know, completely you know, one of the most important pieces was having that, that guidance and that role modeling um, and mentorship. Yeah, that's awesome. And coaches are amazing to help you get out of your head too, to yeah. move forward in the direction you need to move. I really didn't even know that coaching was a thing, to be honest with you. And, yeah. um, and so my, my coach um, was a speaker in a conference that I was um, attending virtually during the pandemic. And so I thought, man, she's brilliant. Like I just need to find her. And, and so I started listening to her podcast and like binge listened to as much of it as I could. And, and I told my husband, I said, I think you're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm pretty sure I need to hire a business coach. And he was like, yeah, just do it. And I thought like, are we, talk are we having the same conversation? Like, yeah. So it was, it was really great. And I think, you know, he was really supportive from the very beginning of, you know, do the things that you need to do to get to where you need to be. Yeah. And so, you know, that's awesome. I couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah. That's a perfect support to have. Absolutely. Um, during all of that to that transition into the solo practice, did you have any critics who were maybe questioning what you were doing um, or made you feel like you shouldn't be doing that? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think probably my inner critic. And, and I think, I think everybody has an inner critic, you know, mm -hmm. where, where there's some little voice that's telling us, you know, this is never going to work or you're, you're dreaming too big, or you, you don't know what you're doing and you don't have enough credibility. You haven't figured it out yet. But I think, you know, learning how to kind of silence that inner critic or just, you know, telling your inner critic to take a back seat and just let you do your thing. Um, is really the most important thing because if you don't just start, you're going to sit there, you know, thinking about it for forever and, and not taking action. And so I think that was probably the biggest, the biggest critic I had. I think everybody else, you know, was like, oh yeah, like do, do whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love that you say that because out of a lot, the majority of the people who have interviewed for the podcast, you've made a pivot in whatever that career is for them, their biggest critic is usually themselves. Like yeah. that voice inside your head telling you like, are you good enough? The imposter syndrome. And yeah. when you're in the middle of it, it's hard to think that anybody else feels that same way. You think you're alone on an island, but like in reality, we all have this same inner voice telling us like, you're slightly crazy for doing, for thinking so big and dreaming so big, but it's okay to do that. Yeah, it is. It is. And I think that that's just a really, you know, normal and natural progression of, of trying anything new and doing anything, you know, yeah. different, you know, it's, it's hard at first, but you have to just get over it and get started. 
Yeah, I love it. What do you think has been the most challenging part of owning your own practice? There, there are so many things. <laughs> um, so, you know, one thing that happened before we opened in the kind of two months of gap time that I had between my employed position and my own practice opening was that I, I developed a wait list of patients who, you know, were going to make appointments to come and see me. And so from the day that we opened, I had a full schedule and had, you know, 270 patients registered and scheduled on by day one. And so, you know, I think in hindsight, I would have liked to have started a little more slowly because all of the, you know, all of the holes that you can find over time, <laughs> they all were apparent right away. So it was overwhelming at the beginning dealing with staffing and um, tech and systems and the phones and, you know, just trying to, you know, figure out the logistics of, of all of the things, um, even, you know, insurance and billing and collections and, and all of that stuff. I mean, it was, it was so much stuff at the very beginning that I didn't really have an opportunity to ease into because I had this full schedule already, which is what I wanted with, you know, anyone in private practice, like, you know, I think we all think we're going to just hang this shingle and people will show up. And I was very afraid that they wouldn't. And so I did everything I could to, you know, to grow quickly. And, and I'm so blessed that that happened, but it allowed me to find all the holes very, very early on and then have to kind of piece that all together, you know, learn as I go and try and get through it. And the good thing is, is I don't think the patients really had any, any concept of the challenges, but, but I certainly felt them. And it, it took several months before, you know, I felt like I, I got my head together. <laughs> what do you, what do you think, what do you think has been the most rewarding? You know, at the end of every day, even like on the hardest days, you know, I go home and think, I, I built this, I did this and I'm serving, you know, my community, which is, which is what I wanted to do for such a long time. And I think there's just so much joy in being able to do that. So, you know, even when it's tough and even when you're struggling and finding all of these holes that you need to troubleshoot your way through, you know, just to know, like, you know, I, I made this and, and all of this good is coming out of my vision. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of reward in that. It's really cool. I love that. Um, if you if you knew what you knew now back when you were, or now that you know everything that you've experienced, what would you tell your five-year-old self? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think at five, you're such this, you know, this open slate to to any possibility that's out there. And and I think, I don't know, I mean, maybe when I was when I was five in the 80s or whatever, like it, it seemed more you know, to follow like a traditional course through, a, you know, your education into a career. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can kind of wiggle around and, and not necessarily go in a straight line. And I think that that's, I think that that's good to have that idea from an early age, even with my career as it was, you know, spending time in the military and doing internal medicine and then doing training and then moving here and moving there. And, you know, private practice and solo practice, there's been a lot of variation, but, you know, if I picked the job I was going to stay in from the moment I finished residency, I think I would probably be bored in that, you know, it's a long time to, to do one thing without really figuring out what you truly want. So I think, you know, my five-year-old self 
just, you know, to be open-minded and to not feel like you need to follow kind of a traditional course. I think that's my advice. Perfect. Are there any books or podcasts that you recommend? Oh, lots. I, I listen to so many podcasts and I mostly digest books on, on Audible, um, just out of <laughs> time. Same, same. Um, I would say, you know, a book I finished recently for the second time through, um, which is just so good is Brian Tracy's Eat That Frog. And yes. I, I think about that often when I, I definitely have a, you know, laundry list of things to do. And, you know, I always put off the ones that I don't want to do until last. And I always, you know, I think about that book and try to, you know, restructure my mindset on going through my tasks and things like that. So that's a great book. Um, And then of course I have to recommend the Entree MD podcast, which is the podcast uh, that really got me started um, that I binge listened at the beginning. And it's a podcast that's directed towards physician entrepreneurs. And so, you know, even for physicians whose entrepreneurship takes them outside of, you know, medical practice and and goes into another direction. um, I think it's a must listen for any physician who is trying to stride out on their own. It's perfect. I'll have to take a look at that one. um, Just to hear what what that whole side of of things say with entrepreneurship too. It's great. Yeah, you'll love it. And where can the audience connect with you or find you online? So my practice, Kaufman Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, is located in the Washington, D.C. suburbs in Northern Virginia. And so, you know, anyone in the D.C. area can find me in my my office, but um, (laughs) where you can find me uh, virtually is on my practice website, which is kaufmanallergy.com. And I'm also on social media on Facebook at Kaufman Allergy and Instagram at Allergy. Perfect. I will link all that up in the show notes as well. Thank you. And is there any other um, information or last piece of advice that you would leave the audience with? I think, you know, my lasting, my lasting thoughts are, you know, not to be stifled by ideas that you think are great and, you know, put them aside because because of your inner critic or naysayers that think, you know, maybe that's not the right thing for you. You know, if you think that there's something out there that that you owe yourself or that you can, you know, add to the world to make it a better place, um, you should just get out there and do it. I love that last bit of advice. That's perfect. Thank you so much for jumping on this, this podcast with me. Appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. so much for listening through another episode of jamming with jen if you'd like to connect more reach out to me on instagram at dr jen forstner and make sure that you like and subscribe to the podcast so that you're always up to date with what's going on